I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Dr. Frida, I am so excited to have you on the BU Find Happy podcast this morning. We're going to talk about something pretty spectacular, lovely, wonderful, and amazing, which is called Life Begins at 60. And I could not agree more that, you know, as we age, um, the wisdom and experience of life comes along with it. And so many people have been predisposed to the the notion that once you, you, you age, life is over. And I think it's just quite the contrary. Can you share a little bit about your background, how you got where you are, and um, all things Dr. Frida. Of course. And, you know, it's really not about age. Uh, It's about evolving. And uh, I call it peak age because I'm at the best I've ever been. So we have a lot to look forward to uh, in our future years. And as we're living longer, younger, that's even more exciting. Uh, So how did I get here? Well, One day I was uh, standing in the supermarket and I was watching this lady in front of me with two kids. And I said, what's wrong with me? Why am I not so contented? I also have two beautiful children. So I realized that we need all of everything. We need to be able to fulfill ourselves in many different ways, uh, nurturing, uh, being involved with uh, careers, uh, relationships, uh, uh, self-fulfillment, all these areas are very important, which has nothing to do with age. The only reason I said 60, uh, people say, why don't you just say life begins at any age? Because there's a reason for it, to let people know that there's a lot to look forward to, and there's a lot of excitement uh, that's waiting for them, rather than fearing uh, what their parents or grandparents or great-grandparents' lives were. We don't live those lives anymore. So society has to really catch up uh, to where we are today. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and you know, I get the idea that, you know, the age is just the number. Um, I do think there's something to be said, though, about really recognizing that, you know, we've been conditioned to believe that we have to live our life a certain way to achieve a certain thing, to get to a certain place, to enjoy certain things. And I think that it's really it's really quite backwards. I don't think it's how our ancestors did it. I think they grew up in community and they spent a lot of time, um, you know, it's slowing down and really enjoying all that the planet has to offer. We've gotten so far away from that. And now we're just working, you know, hundreds of hours a week to try to make a living, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think that that's helpful. Um, And I think what it does is people get to a point where they go, wow, this should be my golden years and I'm burnt out. Um, and I didn't do the things that I, that I wanted to do. Well, first of all, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's a changing world today. When I was married in my 20s, people would say to me, well, when are you going to have children? And I was so insulted, yep. implying yep. that I, was infer- I wasn't fertile, but actually I was putting my husband through law school. Uh, so, you know, give me a break. So it was like we had to be on 
schedule and we had to be in a certain type yeah. of mindset. So yeah. today it's more realistic. I mean, the 70, 60% of women are in college. It's reversed of 50 years ago. It used to be 60% men. So we're looking at an economy that has changed. Women's uh, status has changed socially, financially. And so the way we're living our lives, men are often doing uh, remote virtual uh, uh, businesses at home and taking care of the children or choosing not to have children. At my stage of the game when I was younger, it was like a sin. There's something wrong with you as if you don't have a choice. So today uh, we're making more sense of who we are and what we want. And so when you said when we go into our golden years, never having to be our, to be sorry, it's changing more. We're, we're less sorry than ever because our golden years begin at any age. What is our joy? You know, the millennials today are really looking at their careers way differently than the baby boomers. You know, the baby boomers needed the things, the cars, the, the house, the vacations. And they're looking at the baby boomers like they're crazy. Uh, that's not life. That's superficial. What is life? It's about relationships. It's about time. Not about having money to go to some exotic place on a plane. Let's have more time in my backyard. Or let's enjoy the people uh, that we're working with. Uh, and they change jobs more than ever because relationships at work are even more important uh, than that high income. Well, one of the things that I've realized as I'm aging is that I get to have less decisions made upon what other people expect of me and more decisions made on what I really need and want to create. Is that a part of your vision for how people can create some of this happiness? Yes, because you become the authority. So who's really ahead of you? I mean, when I was, uh, you know, evolving uh, with who I was as a person, uh, nobody went ahead and had a career and children and a relationship. People looked at me like I was some kind of oddity. But what was the choice? I had to listen to myself. There was nobody ahead of me to show me the way. So you're right. You do have to think about uh, not like being liked so much or being a people pleaser. That changes because the people you're trying to please are confused themselves. Let's face it. Everybody's looking to see where they're supposed to go. And the more I've done for myself, the more people I've left behind, sadly, and the more critical people have been of me, sadly. But then I look back uh, 10 years ago, what was not common is very common today. Women working and having families if they choose and relationships, getting married, not getting married, having kids before a marriage if they want to. So all these things have come about and are really mainstream. Women having careers, higher status often than men today, uh, are more commonplace. It used to be that if a woman made more money than men, then guess what? Men would be intimidated and women would be intimidated and she'd lose friends as well. That's changing too. I agree. And so one of the things that I have come to learn about you is that you notably are the oldest woman in America to give birth to twins. Um, you're a mom to five and your youngest sons were born when you were 60. Um, can you share what it's like to, to have that life experience that so many of us um, probably can't quite fathom? 
Well, you know, call me crazy, and many people have actually uh, gotten messages around the world, and not about having children necessarily, but reinventing and changing careers, relationships, locations, that they're not old, that they're young enough to do all these things. So that's really the message that I was given. I had a son when I was 53, and sad to say, I can't believe this, that he passed away about a month and a half ago at the age of 22, at the height of his career and his success and his future, but he knew his future. So I'm a very strong person to to be able to say that life deals and gives you uh, all kinds of negativity and all kinds of positivity. And you have a choice, really, uh, where uh, to go with it. And to make a difference to people in the media uh, gives me a lot of strength. So I talk on and on. I forget what the questions are because I go in all directions. So you can always stop me if I'm not giving you what it is uh, you're looking for. But yes, it's just something that listening to yourself, listening to direction, having these children when I was 60. And I think that being 6-0 sort of hit a nerve. If I was 58... 59. I really started at the age of 45, going to different doctors, trying to uh, see my fertility, which was fine, but they had to take all these tests. And then I had to make all these different decisions. And just by chance, um, I really was in my later 50s. And by the time I was pregnant and I was told that uh, I see one and I didn't know what he saw. I see a foot. I see, he, and then he said, I see another one. I said, another arm. And he said, no, another baby. So I was shocked that I was even able to follow through. The prior doctor had put the probe on my stomach so much that he told me to come back the next day. And I really felt I was miscarrying, if anything. So that was my, uh, you know, uh, road to having a child at 60, but it's not really the age, but it's who you are, uh, the longevity, the health, the, the lifestyle uh, that you can give your children, um, the insights, the wisdom that you have. There are people younger who are on drugs who should not have children. There are people younger who don't have the skills. So I'm not telling people to have children at this age, of course not, but I am telling people that they're old enough to reassess their lives and to go in directions where retirement uh, has a different name. It's reinventing yourself into different things, as you said, that you couldn't have done before, that you enjoy doing now because you don't need to pay the mortgage or take care of the children. And middle age sounds as if it's something that is going to go downhill. Uh, Peak age is really what happens. Uh, When I was 60, I was more excited about life than ever. I felt energized. I felt great. I looked great. I, it was just, I was doing and making choices according uh, to something I wish I would have done when I was younger, but I didn't have the ability or, uh, the opportunities. So today, when we look at life, it's a combination of ages. You could be 20, 30, 40, 50 even today. It's going into the mid-50s, if not later, uh, to do whatever you want to do, to have a family, to retire, to travel. Uh, So it's a mixture now of decision-making. And it's all, of course, you have to be healthy, Of course, you have to be able to uh, provide uh, 
and to sustain your needs and your activities. But really, that's what it's all about. It's about your standards. It's about where you want to go. And it's about how you look at your life, how you look at relationships. What is it that you want yourself? Everybody has different needs and relationships as well. Are you dependent? Yeah. One of the things that I'm seeing is that, you know, women are really coming back. Um, at least a lot of the women that I know, they're over it. They're over the career. They see that, you know, having women go to the workforce, sure, it might have been a gift, but what it really created was that they still had all the work that they had at home, and now they had to earn an income to help support the family. Um, they lost opportunities to raise their kids while the schools and nannies were raising their kids, and they don't want that. What I've seen in the work I do as a psychotherapist in the past couple of years, particularly post-pandemic, is that people are really re-evaluating and they're trying to streamline their life in such a way that they don't have to work as hard and they can have more family time, more time together. And I see a lot of women going back to the garden, so to speak, yes. um, you know, really embracing that the rat race is intended for nobody except the people that make the most amount of money in the game. And that's not generally middle America. That's so true. And, you know, I did research on that and women do come home to still do the dishes and to serve and uh, do more of the work. But also it's an identity. It's a feminine identity to want to be part of that, too. So it's that struggle back and forth. My daughter, uh, because I grew up in a time when people, when women were more dependent on men, I said, you go out there, you get a career, you have yourself so you can be ahead. in in your life and be equal. Well, you know, there's a a middle ground to that. You need both. You need to be able to have a sense of yourself because the most oppressed women are housewives who are home with uh, preschool children. So you have to have both. It sometimes is a time for each. But if you have children uh, and you want them to develop in a way that has compassion and caring uh, and connectiveness, uh, it's important uh, to be part of that. I agree. And then it's important to also have a sense of who you are. But it doesn't have to be both at the same time. You know, I left a six-figure career to be a stay-at-home mom when I found out I was pregnant. And I had an older woman when I was having a tough day, and he was, you know, just an infant, say, you have this time, and then you have the rest of your life to go do your career. This is all you've got. And I put everything into being a stay-at-home mom, and I never felt oppressed in terms of, I felt like I was doing the greatest job on the planet. Was it hard? Yeah. All jobs are. Were there days where I really questioned my own sanity? Yes. Were there days that were filled with shame and guilt and fear? Yes. Everything has that. I think that, you know, to, to make it seem like raising a child is not enough and that women are oppressed is, is, um, a false narrative. I think, I think that if we were, you know, talking about the incredible joy of seeing, of having an opportunity to be a kid again through the lens of your child, I think women would maybe not feel as oppressed as they seem to. And, and I'm not saying there aren't women out there that are, you know, completely in that space. I'm sure there are. But I think that a, a lot of it's the narrative. 
It's true, and it does depend individually. When my husband went to, uh, you know, I put him through law school, and where was I? I was with a beautiful little boy, but I did feel oppressed, and he put on his three-piece suit and his attache case, and he was able to go out and have lunch with his friends. I didn't have that opportunity financially, and I really felt as if, uh, what about me? What about my life? So we need that balance, and uh, having children is the most important thing you can do is to take care and raise your children. But then again, it depends who you are. Are you able to financially uh, stay home? Are you able to have opportunities uh, to have a break in the day sometime? Uh, uh, At night when the babies are waking up, are you the only one that's doing it because your husband has to go to work? So that's what happened to me individually. And when we're looking at having children, there's a joy that you have that's unconditional, uh, no matter how much uh, you have, how much work you have to do. But it is draining. It is tiring. And the middle ground is how can you also at the same time give more if you take uh, opportunities for yourself uh, today women they they have the the gym they have lunches with their friends they're working out and they're working hard taking care of their children that's wonderful so there's more of a balance than there used to be when I told my daughter to have a career first it's because I didn't have that balance uh, financially I couldn't afford to do anything but to watch my child. So it was different. I understand what you're talking about. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. But every individual situation, depending on their economics, depending on the relationship, some men are more nurturing. My husband grew up at a time where the woman did everything and the man, you know, came home and was role playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's all he knew. And he looked at me like I was crazy. So talking about therapy, I took him to therapy many times for him to get it and to understand it. Uh, And it worked until I stopped therapy. Then he went back uh, to see, as I'm talking about, I'm getting upset and aggravated because... (laughs) It's really bad news. I'm, I'm becoming activated. Just oh, yeah, yeah. It's no. It was no fun. It was very difficult. So yes. Yeah, so you are you are more liberated than I was at that time. I come from a different place and time, uh, but there's nothing more joyful uh, than taking care of children and being able to see your children grow, and to be a happy byproduct of what you produced uh, to the children. And today, research is showing also that um, men, believe it or not, make even a bigger difference to children than the mothers do. So all you people listening, when you go to therapy, can't, don't blame it all on your mothers anymore. Uh, <laughs> things, things, things are changing uh, drastically as we speak. But yes, women's roles and women like yourself, a professional, a career person, you have that to fall back on. So I advise to do both, to stay home with children if you can, if you can afford to, and uh, to uh, be able to have a sense of yourself. Yeah, a little something that you do. Yeah, right. on in the world. So you're not left feeling as if there's something wrong. So we have just a few minutes left here, and I would hope you could talk for just about two minutes or so about dating advice and any advice to people getting into that world. Well, dating advice is a whole different ballgame because if you watch these reality shows, they're completely superficial, 
they really break couples up. Uh, they have people changing partners, uh, sexual exploitation. Uh, this is not what uh, partners and relationships should be about. 50% of couples end up in divorce. Uh, so we have to look at and see what is really happening and what we need to do instead of having a prenup uh, as far as financial, try to avoid that by having some kind of emotional prenup. Uh, are you believing in monogamy? You'd be surprised at some of the answers, your secrets. Uh, how do you spend money? One of the biggest things about for divorce is money. Save it or spend it. What to do with that? And just the little things about vacations and date night and in-laws. All those things come into perspective. But in the long run, uh, people who are together in relationships ha are happier and live longer than those that are not, believe it or not, with all the work uh, that goes into it. It's like having children, I guess. Uh, there is some kind of payback uh, to this. So we need to look at what does the marriage vows mean today? It's changed. Role-playing has changed, you know, till death do us part. What does that mean today? Uh, what happens in the middle uh, with women maybe making more money, uh, making more decisions. How do you want to do that? How do you want to play that out? We need to look at those things. And once you do, then there won't be any surprises later. And that's going to keep marriages together. I love that. I love that. Dr. Frida, how can people find you if, and, and get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about your book and services? All right. Thank you for asking. I have a website. It's uh, Dr. Frida. DrFrida.com. Uh, and then I have a podcast. It's D-O-C-T-O-R-F-R-I-E-D-A show. Uh, and then on a personal level, if they want to contact me, it's Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Frida, F-R-I-E-D-A, at gmail.com. I love our conversation. I love it so much. And as always, folks, we do put it in the show notes, DrFrida.com. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was a really great, inspiring conversation. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for making it easy. Take care. Bye-bye. Asking the right questions. Thank you. <laughs> Bye -bye. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.